why giving is practically always a good idea. Find out why next on On Air with Myra O'Connell. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myra O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This on-air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's topic, Tis the Season, Why Giving is Practically Always a Good Idea, so says attorney Arthur Bergeron, elder law attorney at Myrick O'Connell with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. And truth be told, Arthur is in many parts of the state at all times, sometimes it seems like of the day. Welcome, Arthur, to On Air with Myra O'Connell. Howard, thank you very much for inviting me back, and it's and it's fun to be back during the holiday season. Yes, absolutely. And and so you have a lot to say about giving, and so I think we're going to start things off with, is there any limit to the amount that I could give away without paying a gift tax, just to dive right in? There is not. There is not, hmm. and 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 this is one of the biggest myths that I run into all the time. I'll have clients, and that's one of the reasons was you know I'm glad you wanted to talk about this issue in December. I have clients all the time who will get to the end of the year, and they've got this whole plan laid out, and they're going to give each of their children you know so much amount, so much in in, in and their grandchildren, because they tell me that they cannot give more than a particular amount every year. And that amount that they typically tell me is $15,000. And that's false. But let me tell you why they think that, because I think it's really important for folks to understand this. You know, first of all, is, you know, another question I often get regarding gifts is if I give something to my kids, aren't they going to have to report that? You know, isn't that in their income tax? And the answer to that is no. Mm-hmm. Receipt of a gift is not income, just like the receipt of an inheritance is not income. So it's not reported in anybody on, your, on their income tax returns. There is no bad complication as far as they're concerned to getting a gift. Now, the reason why people think that there is some kind of negative to them, this gift tax, first of all, there is no Massachusetts gift tax, um, but there is a gift tax at the federal level. The federal government also has an estate tax, just the way Massachusetts does. Massachusetts has an estate tax, but no gift tax. So literally, if you want to, if you have an estate of a million dollars or $2 million, you get, if you give it all away the day before you die, you've therefore eliminated your estate and therefore eliminated the estate tax. So you can avoid the estate tax by giving everything away the day before you die. Now, at the federal level, when they created their estate tax, or shortly after they did, they realized that this was a big loophole, and they wanted to patch it up. And so what they did was they said at the federal level, there's a combined federal estate and gift tax system. And the way the system works is there is an estate tax if you die leaving an estate of more than a given amount of money. And that amount right now is over $11 million, which is why, like, none of my clients are affected by the federal estate tax. Um, And then there's this gift tax. And the gift tax, um, you pay a gift tax unless you make a gift that's subject to one of two exclusions. There are two exclusions. There's one that everybody knows. There's one that nobody knows. The one that everybody knows is that you can give to anybody in any year up to a certain amount. Uh, and that amount used to be $10,000. Um, but over time, that number has increased with inflation. There's an inflation provision right in the, the federal code. And at this point, as a result of that inflation provision, you can give away $15,000, right, to anybody, right. I- any individual in any year. Everybody knows that. In addition to that, though, there's an exclusion that nobody knows 
which is in addition to that exclusion, you can give over your lifetime up to the amount of the estate tax exclusion, which is now $11 million. If, for example, you know, I give, I have a child and I give them $100,000 this year. $15,000 is excluded from the gift tax because it's under the, it's $15,000, it's $15,000 or less given to one person. All the rest is excluded under the, under the lifetime exclusion, unless at that time, unless prior to this, I have already given away in increments of more than 15,000, because they've already been excluded, more than $11 million. So <laughs> as a practical matter, there's never a gift tax. There's never a gift tax. Now, I just want to, I want to add one other thing because there is, a, there's another piece of this, which is if, if, if people talk to their accountants, a lot of this comes from accountants, right? And they'll talk to their accountants and they'll say, oh, and the accountant will say, well, you know, if you, if you give away more than $15,000 this year, you're going to have to file a gift tax return, right? And technically there is a federal provision that says if you give away more than those smaller exclusions in a given year, you're supposed to file a gift tax return. And the reason for that, I'm thinking, is that there's probably some guy or woman in some back room in the IRS someplace that has a big ledger <laughs> who keeps track of all these things and wants to make sure if you've given away more than these small exclusions, that the amount that you've given away, in this case, this extra $85,000, gets subtracted from your $11 million lifetime exclusion and so now your your eleven million dollar exclusion goes down to like ten million nine hundred and you know eighty five or thirty five thousand dollars, so that they can keep track, so that they'll know when you go over the magic eleven million dollars. So I think that's the idea behind the gift tax returns. But if your accountant tells you, oh no, you have to file these gift tax returns, ask them. What happens if I don't? This is a kind of classic lawyer question, you know, <laughs> right? The real question is law is what happens if you disobey it, right? And the answer is nothing unless you owed a gift tax because the, the only penalty is a percentage of the gift tax that you would have owed. But of course, unless your gift is putting you over that $11 million lifetime number, you don't owe a gift tax, which means there's no penalty, which means you don't have to file a gift tax return. No matter how much you give at any time to anybody, unless you, you've already given more than $11 million, you can do it. And, and I guarantee you a good 90% of the folks, you know, non-lawyers who are listening to this had no idea of yep. this. No idea of this. I, I, I think it's higher than that. I think it's yeah. actually higher than that. I will go to, sem to seminars, senior seminars. I've done literally hundreds of seminars over the last 15 years. And, and, and inevitably, when I'm doing one of these kinds of regarding estate planning, I'll say, well, you know, and by the way, you know, you can just give your money away ahead of time. And they'll say, no, no, you can't. You can't. There's this, you know, that you can't only 15,000. And I'll say, well, and how, what happens if you give away more than the 15,000? They have no idea. No, I've just heard this. It's a very interesting. Well, and it, and it seems kind of intuitive that, you know, given that we pay taxes on many things that you would have to pay a tax on this. And you hear so much about estate yeah. taxes and gifts and, you know, you hear it generally kind of floating around in the air, but this is really helpful, hugely helpful information, Arthur. So the next question that I would have is, is there anything bad about giving away stock? 
about giving away stock. Well, yeah, let me let, let me talk about that and about giving away other assets that have appreciated in value. And so, as, as I said, there is no gift tax. There is no like penalty that you have to pay or anything as a result of making a gift. If, however, you are giving a, an asset that has a low tax basis, you're giving away your tax basis. What does that mean? If, if I, and I'll use the example of stock. Suppose if I bought stock a long time ago for $10,000 and I let them sit, and so now they're worth $100,000 and I sell them today, I'm going to pay, I'm going, there's going to be a capital gains tax on that, on the capital gain. The capital gain is defined as sale price minus basis, sale price minus basis. So in this case, I bought the stock for $10,000. That was my basis. If I sell for $100,000, 100 minus 10 is 90, I'm going to pay a capital gains tax on $90,000. And that can be a big number. The combined federal and Massachusetts capital gains tax is probably about 20%. So 20% of $90,000 is $18,000. That's a big tax, right? Yeah. Now, if I die, though, owning those shares of stock, and they're worth $100,000, because of another provision in the Internal Revenue Code, which is meant to kind of complement the estate tax code, at the moment of my death, my basis in those shares, no matter what I paid for them, jumps to the date of death value. So if I hold them until I die, and they're worth $100,000 and I die, and I give them to my kids, my kids pay zero in capital gains tax when they sell. If, on the other hand, I give my children that stock before I die, under the tax code, I am giving them my basis right? They don't pay any income tax on the stock when they get it, right? As I've said, you know, receipt of a gift is not income. I don't pay any gift tax, but they're getting my basis. So that when they turn around to sell the shares, either before or after I die, they're going to owe a capital gains tax on the difference between my basis, which was $10,000, right? And whatever it is they sell the stock for. So by holding those stock until I die, I am significantly reducing the amount of capital gains tax that my kids would, would inevitably pay, would eventually pay on those shares. So when people are trying to figure this out, they want to weigh. This is a math question, and you want to talk to your accountant about this. Which one is, is better? You know, to hold the stock until I die and therefore have the stock part of my estate so that they'll be included in, in, and I may pay an estate tax on that, right? But when my kids get it, when they go to sell it, they don't pay any capital gains tax. Or is it better for me to give the stock away early, knowing that by doing that, I'm keeping it out of my estate so they won't pay an estate tax. But I know that then when my kids go to sell it, they're going to pay a capital gains tax. And, and Howard, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to go one step further on this, right? Sure. Well, $100,000 in stock is something that not a lot of people have. A house is something that a lot of people have. And the same analysis applies to the house. If I bought my house, and I do a lot of work in uh, Nantucket, where people who bought their houses in the early 1990s paid a couple hundred thousand dollars. Those houses are now all worth over a million dollars. All of them are worth over a million dollars. So if they hold their house until they die, and it becomes part of their taxable estate for Massachusetts estate tax purposes, there's going to be an estate tax because the Massachusetts estate tax kicks in for estates of more than a million dollars. And so they, they, many of them will say, oh, my God, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I, wanna, I don't want to hold my house till I die because 
Otherwise, it's, my kids are going to pay this estate tax, right? Except the estate tax is only about, you know, at that point, it's say 7%, 8%, right? If, on the other hand, they give their child the house, right, in order to avoid the estate tax, they're giving the child their tax basis. If they bought their house for $200,000, that's their basis. They give their child a, a house that's worth a million, and the children go to sell that house, whether before or after these folks die, right? They're going to pay capital gains tax on the difference between a million and two hundred thousand. That's twenty percent of eight hundred thousand dollars. It's one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, right? So once again, this is a math question, but but I, I guess all I'm telling folks is, you want to figure this out. You know, you want to figure out is it better to give the house, and therefore save the estate tax, or is it better to keep the house as far as the kids are concerned, so that they can avoid the capital gains tax. We're talking about giving in this holiday season, tis the season, and uh, our good friend Arthur Bergeron is saying, giving is practically always a good idea. And so I wanted to just move on, and you touched upon this just now. If I give things away before I die, let's say I do this, I'm very generous and I'm kind-hearted and I, I love my family, can I avoid the mass estate tax? you will 100% avoid the mass estate tax, right? If you give away, no matter how much you have, if you give it away before you die, you avoid the estate tax. And it may be that, you know, and this is going back to what we were just talking about regarding certain assets that you may want to keep. You may want to have a discussion with your kids and with your lawyer and decide that before you die, you want to give away some things, but not everything. If you suppose you've got assets of a million five and they include a house, you know, and they include some stock and some other things, but they also include just cash in the bank. You may decide that you want to, you know, give away the cash in the bank before you die, knowing that that reduces your estate tax. Keep the other assets in your estate, knowing that that as, as a result of that, they'll be included in your estate for estate tax purposes. But then when your kids go to sell them, they won't pay a capital gains tax. And, and Howard, if you don't mind, I just want to add kind of one other thing, which I think a lot of people, you know, they don't stop to consider this. They'll often say, well, you know, I don't want to give everything away till I die. I might need it, you know, and, and that's which is perfectly legitimate, you know. And what if I gave it away and the and I need it and the kids won't give it back? And that's legitimate too, you know. <laughs> right. But one solution to that, you know, which I tell people, and I was just, t- you know, talking to someone this morning and I made this suggestion. It's very common sense. Most people, especially if they're older, have a power of attorney and through which they've named someone as their agent. Often, if they're married, they've named their spouse. I always recommend that they have a backup just in case their spouse has died or their spouse is incapacitated. Typically, it's a child. Typically, it, and often in families, there'll be multiple children, but there'll be one that's kind of the trusted child, you know, the, the child that the parent kind of counts on to take care of things. You know, right. if, you know, if I end up, you know, if I'm, if I get sick, you know, I want you to take care of this and yada, yada, yada. Right. So you what you might want to do, um, and, and this is kind of a, isn't a holiday thing. This is a kind of a broader estate planning thing is talk to that child. Right. And if you know that when you die, your assets are going, you're going to get divided the assets among your kids anyway. Right. Or especially if you're going to just leave it to that one child. Right. Right. Talk to that child and just tell them, say, look, 
I don't want to give you my assets now because I might need them, right? But I'd like to give them to you before I die because that way I can avoid the estate tax. And by the way, I can also avoid having to go through the probate process because if I don't own these assets anymore, nothing has to go through probate. Exactly. So tell that child, look, if I'm getting sick, you know, if I'm, if I'm in the hospital, if I'm in a nursing home, if it looks like I may die soon, right, then keep something in my name, whatever you think is necessary in order to kind of take care of me for the rest of my life, right, which could be very short. Take everything else and just give it away, right, because you have the power of attorney. So on my behalf, you can sign, you can sign my deed for me. You can go into my bank and, and close out the bank accounts. You can do all of this stuff, right? And if the child can do that, literally the day before the person dies, they can avoid the estate tax. They can avoid having to go through the probate process. The parent isn't losing any control of any assets. It's a very quick and easy way to take care of these things while keeping control of your assets while you're alive. Well, lots to think about here. As I mentioned before, we're talking about why giving is practically always a good idea. Yes, why it's a good idea, giving. Yes. Arthur Bergeron (laughs) from Myrick O'Connell. Arthur, how can folks contact you with questions or concerns? The easiest way is when you can email me, abergeron, A-B-E-R-G-E-R-O-N, at myrickoconnell.com, M-I-R-I-C-K, Myrick. O'Connell, O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L, two N's, two L's dot com. Or you can just give me a call. Let me give you my cell phone number. It's 508-596-5526. Or my direct line is 508-860-1470. And I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone, anytime. I love giving advice. Thank you so much for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. appreciate it. Howard, thank you so much for inviting me. Look, And by the way, have a wonderful holiday. You too. Happy holidays. On behalf of attorney Arthur Bergeron and the law firm of Myrick O'Connell, I'm Howard Kaplan. Thanks for joining us. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 